So good morning. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> the people that know me know I uh, started hunting yesterday. It's deer season again and had a good day. And uh, it reminded me of uh, a, two years ago that I went to a deer camp. And that's, that's, I didn't get a deer that year. And that was just as fun of hanging out. And one of the things we did, did this go off? Okay, you can hear it. It's just lower. Okay. Anyway, one of the things we did was one of my friends had got a deer like the week before, and then and he immediately cut up some tenderloin, and we cooked that over, the, over that grill out there camping. And so it was the best hickory-smoked flavor of anything, the, the most simple meal. And I loved it. And sometimes I think about that. I compare. I was like, it's funny going back the old days, sometimes we think we're so sophisticated that of our cooking inside with, I mean, my Instant Pot's awesome, so <laughs> I will not lie, but my, the outdoor smoke right over a flame was kind of neat, and, but I like all kinds of food, I do, I like, I like the Instant Pot, but so it's kind of ironic that I will be discussing fasting today. And I am just shocked. I thought at least 15 people would be gone as soon as I said that, but no one left the room. Uh Uh-oh. Hey, get back. (laughs) Now if you move, you're in trouble. Everyone's going to be like, holy cow. So fasting is kind of interesting. It's all throughout the Bible. You know, it's sometimes you see really good success stories. There's a story, a, a book of Esther, where she becomes the queen and... The king promotes this weird guy that says, hey, can we kill all the Jews here because they annoy me, you know? And the king's like, sure. And uh, then she wants to go talk to the king, but they have this rule where if even his wife, even the queen, if she approaches him without having been summoned, it's a risk of death. So I kind of like that not all of our policies are like that anymore, but... um, so that was a very unique policy that they like to do is, how, you know, kill it. But anyway, so she knew she needed to approach him about this. Number one, she was a Jew also. But so she, what she did was she told her friend to get all the Jews together that were in, the, in that city and start fasting and praying. She said three days, no food, no water. Three days and fast and pray. And guess what? That story was a success. Um, it all turned around. Very happy ending. So uh, another story, Daniel, uh, the second chapter of Daniel, he somehow, King Nebuchadnezzar has this dream that he knows is supernatural. He knows it's connected to the spirit world. It's like this was just shocking to me. It rocked me, and it bothered him. So he called all of his astrologer sorcerers, and he said, you guys, I want you to tell me the interpretation of the dream. But he was clever because he knew they might just say, well, it's this, just to, you know, to say whatever. So he said, if you have such powers that you can interpret my dream, you have to tell me my dream also. And that was like, what the, you know, and some of them said, this is unreasonable what you're asking. Well, they all said that, except for Daniel this is in, in the book of Daniel. Dan, Daniel wasn't right there when he was asking, but the king immediately, so he does that same thing. He's like, 
okay, if you guys can't do this, then I'm going to have you all killed. I'm going to have all my astrologers executed. I guess we'll start over again. So that's kind of, Daniel's one of these people that are considered one of these, you know, people that talk to the king. So he was like, what in the world? So he went to the king and said, hey, if you give me time, I'll get this for you. I'll, I'll be able to tell you your dream and interpret it. And the king said, sure. So he got his three friends that were also dedicated to God, that were good prayers. And he said, fast and pray with me until I get this dream. And they did. And he did. God gave him the dream. And then he shared it with the king. And the king was just blown away. Even though he had made this request like this, I think it still shocked him how awesome of a thing that was, how impossible that was if it wasn't from God. So it was a neat thing where he fell on his face and was like, your God is the God of all gods. So we see a couple of cool examples in the Bible about people, I guess the, the first point here is, is the humility that they had. They knew this is above me. I will die if this doesn't happen. I can't fix this. I need you, God. So I'm just going to connect with you. And the way they did that was to humble themselves and, um, and not eat and, you know, like deprive. But it was, it was just a sense of humility. So humility is a big deal in fasting. <clears throat> but then, as all spiritual, I don't know, um, spiritual discipline, spiritual everything in the Bible Humans, when they hear about it or read about the past, they think they interpret it correctly, so then they want to use that for their advantage. So what people try to do later in, in Isaiah's time was they tried to use that like a formula. Okay, if I humble myself, go without food and drink or whatever, and we do this as a group, it's like God has to answer my prayer. There's a lot of people today that think that's what the Bible's trying to tell you on how to fast and pray. It, it's easy to, to see it like that and think that. Like, it's a magic formula if I do it right. And um, then it's like, a, it's like a spiritual, supernatural loophole. I got God on this one. All I got to do is skip enough meals, and he has to answer. I mean, he's got to fix my, my circumstance. And that's not what it is. That's called witchcraft. Witchcraft is like, and, and witchcraft's tempting to people. You know, I, I've, I've met many students that went to our awesome youth group events. And they hear this superstar like Todd White, who has fasted and prayed a lot. He has lived a life dedicated to God. They see him calling out people's stuff and praying for healing and people getting healed left and right. And they're like, man, I want his power. I want to be able to control stuff and make people get healed. And then they're tempted when that doesn't start to happen real easy in their Christianity when they pray for someone they didn't get healed. They're like, this isn't working. Some are tempted to go towards witchcraft. They're like, I, I want the power. And they're missing some of the points. Maybe we don't get it all right away. And that happened in Isaiah 58. <clears throat> so I'm going to go to Isaiah 58, starting in verse 1. So I didn't, again, my technology, I didn't get it on your screen. So you got to look at your own phone or book. We have books available, paper, Bibles. They're out there. Okay. 
Isaiah 58, verse 1. So here is God told the prophet Isaiah, my people have fasted, and here's what I want you to tell them about, about their fast. I, I, I want you to say this really loud and clear. And here's what he says to Isaiah. He, verse 1, shout it aloud, do not hold back. So he's serious. He said, raise your voice like a trumpet to declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob, descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. They say, why have we fasted, they say, and you've not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you've not noticed? And then he says, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fist. Then he says, you cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. It's one time in the Bible it says you might not even been heard because of where your heart was. Is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Okay, so this is rhetorical, right? God said, this is not the kind of fast he's chosen. He said, is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves. Is it only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Which, by the way, sackcloth and ashes was a way... Some of the people fasted like if I wear this rough material and put ashes that like represent my humility like to death, then that's even more good of a fast. Is that a day acceptable to the Lord? So that's one example. He's, I mean, God's like, you guys are trying this formula, but your heart's not right. He's like, you're not connecting with the kingdom because if you connect with the kingdom, you look different, you act different. I mean, that's, you connect with the kingdom to love and, and do love, joy, peace. That's what the kingdom of God, it automatically does as you connect with it. It's not a, God has to listen to me. In Matthew 6, Jesus talks about fasting. And uh, it's, a, it's an awesome chapter, chapter where he talks about fasting, prayer, and giving. And he's like, when you do this, he don't say if. Just, by the way, I'll step on toes. If we're not fasting, he's like, Fasting is a gift to you to help your spiritual life. So he's like, when you do it, he said, when you do it, don't look somber as hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Oh, I'm so, I'm, I haven't, I'm fasting. I haven't eaten anything. And uh, truly, I tell you, they've received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head, wash your face, so it will not be obvious that you are fasting but only to your Father who is unseen. And the Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Now, I read that before and wanted to make my own rule out of that. Now I can't tell anyone I'm fasting. Oh my gosh, you know, there's so many rules. If I tell you I'm fasting, does that mess it all up? That's not the point either. The point was their hearts of where they went with it was like, it became bragging rights. They're like, wait, now, okay, Esther... She did it. It was successful. Now she's got a whole book of the Bible about her. And Daniel, he did it. There's a whole book in the Bible about him. 
I want to be that guy. Why don't you look at me and say, you're a good faster. You must be a tremendous man of God. And, and that's what they, you know, that's what they wanted. And he's like, that's not the point either. You're still missing it. So we can look back in Isaiah 58, the next verse, after where I stopped, verse 6, to kind of get, start to get a better clue of the wavelength of what fasting is. So if we, again, verse 6, it takes off, is, is not this, good sentence wording, is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, set the oppressed free, Break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, not turn away from your own flesh and blood. If you do away with the... um, I probably just skipped a verse. So I skipped to the sections where he's talking about that. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed. So each of these verses are showing you things that are kingdom of God things that he would want to see happening. And again, this isn't a rule It's a way of connecting with the kingdom, and then this is going to come out of you. Again, what do these things uh, that he just said, what do they have to do with getting stuff by skipping a meal? They don't, you know. So one good way of saying uh, about fasting is fasting is unplugging from the earthly kingdom. And it's plugging more into the kingdom of God. I think that's a, a, a simple way of saying it. It's like if you look over here, you know, I, if you guys could see the pile of wires over here. This is what our life is like. We are, we are wired to all kinds of things. We're wired to our, you know, whatever culture says. We're wired to our own, this real plane in our head that says... You know, you're weak or whatever, or fear or anxiety. We're wired to trying to be like the world tells me to try to be and be successful and have all the cool stuff. And it's like everything, we're wired to so many different things and so much input. And the input on its own is not all bad. I mean, some of it is. Of course, if it's, if it's fear... If it's the opposite of, of God, of his spirit, that's not good stuff for you. If it's anger, if I have a problem and I'm using anger or violence as a solution, then I'm connecting with a, a wavelength that's not good for me. But some of the wavelengths are just, you know, they're just life. And what does my boss think about me? And all, but we are getting input all the time. And we're also getting fed with food and again, we can really enjoy that food, but fasting will help us, it's for a minute, to unplug from that need of that food and to spend that time, plug it in into the kingdom of God for food. 
And uh, Dallas Willard, one of the best theologians I've ever heard, he said, he called it feasting. He said, fasting is feasting on the kingdom of God. And I, that's beautiful to me. <clears throat> you are unplugging from some of the world stuff temporarily, and then you're plugging into the kingdom more. And you see, you see this when Jesus said, uh, you know, he was tempted by Satan. He had just fasted, and he said, Matthew 4, 4, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's for, that was also in Deuteronomy 8. So that's what he was quoting. In John 4, he had just... He was tired from a journey. They didn't eat yet. He didn't eat. He sent the disciples to go, go get food. He sat at a well, and he was thirsty. And this lady came by and was getting water out, and he started talking to her. And he gave her some spiritual insight that the Holy Spirit revealed about her life. And after that, the disciples came back, and um, they said in John 4.31, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then they said to each, the disciples said, oh, could someone have brought him food? You know, that's how they always were. They were a little behind on him. Um, but he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So connecting with the kingdom of God fed him where he, he like was satisfied. Like I, I really don't need normal food right now. In Philippians 3, Paul spends a lot of time, that, that whole chapter, he spends a lot of time contrasting his worldly accomplishments, including being an a important priest was a worldly accomplishment to him. His past being a priest was like, that was something that men gave me. And he contrasted that with his connection now with doing the will of God and connecting with the kingdom of God. And he was like, that all is loss. I, I consider that garbage. He said garbage. He was like, that, is, that was a waste of time. He, it's not really, he didn't mean like a full waste of time, but compared to connecting in the kingdom and what you get out of it, it's not even a comparison. And then at verse 18, he actually goes further and explains what the extreme the other way is. If I go down the road of not connecting with the kingdom at all, if I'm a anti-kingdom of God person, I'm just against Jesus, he's like, this is what it looks like. For as I have often told you before and now tell you again with tears. So it's sad that he has to even share this, that people are like this. He said, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction. Their God is their stomach. And their glory is in their shame. And then he compares it. He draws a sharp comparison with us. He said, their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And if you read his letter to Colossians, he talks about Jesus, us being up in heavenly places with Jesus. It's like on earth. He don't mean wait till you die and then you're in heaven. He means you can connect to heavenly places with this, with the connection with the kingdom. And one of the best ways is fasting. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus, 
in that Sermon on the Mount that I read about fasting that little bit where he's like, hey, don't act like you're fasting just to get attention. That whole, that whole section, though, is, is cool because he contracts he contrasts it the same way as Paul did. Where it, but he just said, uh, therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life. What will you eat or drink? Or about your body, what will I wear? Because is, is not life more than food and body, the body more than clothes? Look at the birds. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet their heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable than they? Can any of you by worrying add a single hour of your life? Again, worrying is connecting with your, your worldly connections, not your, not your heavenly one. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, all his splendor, was dressed like one of these. And that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today in Tomorrow is thrown into the fire, and he will he not much more clothe you, ye of, little, ye of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He's not saying they're not important, that you don't need them, but he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Is that not true? If there's any time in this world that we, that me, needs to connect to the kingdom, and God's given me a tool like that, it's now. You know, he's given, everyone I know has anxiety over life, right? I mean, or who doesn't? I want to talk to you. <laughs> Please, come and talk to me afterwards. Explain it to me. We all have anxiety about life. We all have, we have rough things to go through. Life can be hell. And God gave us this tool. So we're in the middle of this series called, you know, it, it's like practicing the fundamentals. We're, it's played again. Let's, this is a fundamental that was given to us as a gift of practicing something at the early church, but it somehow got lost. Well, you know how it gets lost? Because culture's ran by Satan, and he builds in all this other stuff to just distract us from that. Or, you know, throws in our confusion about it, so we're confused. I don't, you know, if you're confused about it, then you might not want to participate in it. But this is a tool that God gave us on purpose to help restore us. He wants to unplug that mess and just have us temporarily. And if, if you fast, so there's, you know, everyone's got, again, the, some of the technical things. That they got their rules about fasting or, or this and that. But in my experience, if I fast for a few days, the first two days are generally... I think I'm starving to death. I mean, it's like somehow the supernatural battle comes on. It's like two kingdoms are clashing now because Satan don't want you to get any relief. He don't want you to get to that place of peace. He don't. He don't want you to get to that place where you're so connected to the kingdom of God that clarity is just amazing. And it gets there. But the first two days, usually on my experience. So this, again, the, according to Vince, it's, you gotta go through two days. You know, no, it's not a rule. 
But in my experience, uh, really, the, it's amazing. I will go six months of my life and not have eaten breakfast. Me and Marie, usually, if we can, we'll eat brunch together. You're talking 10 at the earliest. But if I say I'm fasting tomorrow, then at 6 a.m., I say, oh, my God, I think I'm going to die. And it's about an hour later, you are going to die. And Satan's like, you're no good at this. You're the worst faster of all times. And it's like, so that's happening where you're getting tempted. I want to eat. I want to eat. I want to eat. It's like, but I'm not going to. And it's like day two, that's getting worse. And then not only that, but he's like, you know, Satan's like, have you noticed something? Have you, have you noticed something? You haven't heard anything from God like profound, have you? Right? I mean, you, have you noticed that? So this is really not working. You're really bad at fasting. I mean, most people have already got this angel visit and all this, and you, you're no good at fasting. So <laughs> you have to press through. That's when you know it's working because you are connecting more with the kingdom and is scaring Satan to death, so his kingdom is starting to battle you. Spiritual warfare has taken on. And on day three, for me, th- that stuff, the way I fight that off is like, number one, if I'm hungry, I'm like, oh, that's a reminder. Now I'm going to pray and connect with the kingdom. I mean, that's like, that's easy. Every time I feel hungry, well, that's all the time at first. So I'm like, I've been praying a lot. And then, but by day three, I've been doing that, and I'm really connecting. And then there comes this, there, this peace it's just a, an amazing peace and clarity. It's like everything slows down. Stillness just takes over, and everything looks different. It's like I'm in a different, because I am, I'm lifted into a heavenly place. I am in that place, and I'm not getting like revelations just tossed at me. But if I read the Bible and I pray, it, it, at that time, a, a clarity is so, is profound. Every word I read, I'm like, wow, I have... I, the, the depth of what I glean from God in those places is neat. And a lot of that is, um, I mean, taking away distractions. You know, one thing is, so I'm talking in incomplete sentences. I'm good at that when I get excited. So um, when me and Marie, a lot of times we've gone to conferences where there's a lot of, a lot of people there worshiping. And our, I tell you, our worship here is, is mind-blowing awesome. I, so I say thank you. And thank you, Lord, that he has blessed so many people here with that gift because, oh, I would be crying if it wasn't like that. I would. But at a conference, when there's a thousand people worshiping together, and we'll go to these conferences that are like four days long, and day three, you know, again, I don't know. So again, yeah, Vince, said day three is important. No, anyway, um, after a couple days of just everyone took out time from their life. They left their normal life. They're staying here at a conference and they're focusing in on it and pressing into God. Even by the second day, it's different. You're, because your focus, you have unplugged from that. You're pretending like that. I don't have to go back to it. The best you can. Sometimes you're having to answer your phone or whatever. But if the most you can disconnect with that and just be focusing on God and you got a thousand people doing the same thing, the worship Whoosh. I mean, it like knocks you over sometimes. It's amazing. And that is all just a unplugging and a focus on the kingdom. And in our original text, 
he explains, I mean, God explains this well of what could happen. He's like, you guys are fasting terribly because your hearts are all wrong. You're just wanting this magic formula and make me, you know, what? You didn't say a guardian leviosa or whatever. Anyway, you know, you said that wrong. And then so therefore, you don't get what you, you know, if we say it right, he's got to do what he, you know, what I want him to do with that loophole. Instead of that, he's like, no, it, but if you, if you fast correctly and you connect with the kingdom and then you love people, you, the kingdom pours out from you, he's like, awesome things are going to happen. And, and again, it's like, it's like this, but so this, an, another thing I thought it was an amplifier. To me, fasting is like an amplifier. It, you plug into it and it amplifies the things of the kingdom, make it clearer to me. But in verse 8, Isaiah 58, verse 8, then he's like, if you do it correctly, if you fast with your heart and your focus on me, your light will break forth like the dawn. Your healing will quickly appear. Your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Does anyone need a rear guard? I mean, I need a rear guard. I'm getting shot by arrows all the time from the kingdom of darkness. I am. We all are. He's like, this will happen. I will, my glory will be your rear guard. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here am I. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. Man, hear the rich words. He don't mess around with words. They're all intentional, always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land. That is poetry of rich, how God wants to take care of you. And he gave us a tool to do it. He's like, here's a tool you could use, by the way. And he will strengthen your frame. He will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will build, rebuild the ancient ruins, and you will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls. We pray, God, fix our land, fix, fix the bad stuff. He... He's telling you here, this will be a part of that solution. Repair, you will be called repair of broken walls, restore of streets with dwellings. Verse 14, then you will find your joy in the Lord. Could you use joy? (laughs) I can use joy. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land, and to feast on the inheritance. So here's feasting again. Feasting on the inheritance of your father Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So again... None of the stuff I'm saying is a rule. In my, my own experience, you know, I talked to my dad about this last night. It was an awesome talk. My, my dad fasted a lot, and he talked about a time that he fasted an awful lot. And I've told a couple of people a story or two 
about things that he, he had happened during this time that, you know, and I've had some neat things happen and clarity of answers about my family problems because my dad and our family's not perfect. I mean, there's problems there even though he lived this life dedicated to God and fasting and he still makes errors and we still have relational issues in the family. But God is faithful in that as, as we press in to him to help solve those problems. And he talked about that, he, he liked that the words that I shared that Dallas Willard said about feasting on the kingdom. He said it was the same way for him. And the times that he fasted the most, things happened like almost every day in the, where he would pick up a hitchhiker and, and lead them to Jesus. He's led more people to Jesus than anyone I know. And, I, and prayed for people and see them healed. I mean, I, I've seen a lot growing up. And Daniel, I, I don't know of a, a book in the Bible where someone fasts and pray as much. Or it really, and sometimes for him it was just, I'm going to be eat vegetarian this week instead of meat. I, it's just interesting. But there was a lot of different fasts he did. And, and people take those, write them down as a rule. Ooh, do the Daniel 23-day fast. Well, when the Bible says that from the first day that you humbled yourself in, you know, I was the word was sent out to come to you for that. So does that mean he shouldn't have fasted 23 days? Or, you know, we don't know what happened in the spiritual world, but I do know that it's not about the formula or whatever. It is about connecting with the kingdom. So we don't, I don't, I don't want to be someone that my stomach is my God. And it becomes that. I mean, easily. I mean, it easily becomes kind of controlling and, I, and an idol. Easily. But the point of this is not a, now I feel shame about that. So there, I mean, so this becomes a big a pile of another set of wires, you know, that are just messing with me. That's not the point. The point is, God gave us this tool to use to help you because he wants you to be healed. He wants you to have him as his rear guard. He wants you to be the restorer of, of the broken walls. He wants you to do that. That's our mission. Our mission is to heal this world. We can't heal it if we're so plugged like this with everything that we're so incapable sometimes of connecting with the kingdom. I mean, sometimes it's hard to hear a thing. Well, he gave us this tool to save you from that, to fix that, to put one more thing under my belt. If I try to fast and connect with him, uh, I'm going to connect with the kingdom. It's going to have a positive effect. It, it, it just is going to, as long as I really know my motives are really right in that. I'm not just trying to manipulate God. So I, I invite our church when, you know, we're talking about this is one of the fundamentals. So I, I invite you guys to, to practice fasting. And I actually would invite you to practice it this week if you can. And, so, you know, there are, I would never uh, twist someone's arm to go against their medical, whatever, their doctor, no way. I'm not going to tell you to do something against what your doctor is telling you physically you should not do this or that on a fast. So 
the, the fasting in whatever realm, whatever is something that's plugging in that you can unplug from and connect with God is, is a good start if you physically can't do it. But if you can do it, then I would ask everyone to join in and, and pray. Pray for our church. Pray for our impact on the community. I think that's a good start. I also felt like if you picked up one day that you fasted some, and it could be one meal, guys. It could, seriously, if you're like every whatever, every day I'll have lunch out. I mean, I was thinking Wednesday I'm going to definitely fast if I picked a day and pray for the youth group because they're awesome. And, and they go through spiritual warfare because God don't want to see young the young people freed early so they can have a whole lifelong experience of bringing freedom for others. So I would say if, if you can choose a day, if you chose one day and one meal at lunch and said instead of lunch today, I'm going to go walk around and pray or I'm going to sneak and look at my phone and instead of Facebook this time, it's going to be my Bible app. I'm going to read, but I'm going to pray. And I'm trying to connect with the kingdom and then pray for our youth group and, you know, one thing people do in Lent time is when they fast, they're like, well, the, if I would have actually bought food that day, I would have took that money and, and give it towards something that is kingdom. So I actually thought of that also. If, if I would have went out and spent 20 bucks, then uh, maybe I'll give 20 bucks to a youth group or something like that. So, um, but it's whatever God puts on your heart. So I'll, again, I'm not ordering anything. I'm just... If you notice the, the first couple success stories that Daniel and Esther, they, they asked their friends to do that together because in unity, that, that's neat. The connecting unity in the kingdom can be powerful. So that's another thing that I'm thinking. <clears throat> but the main thing is try, try to unplug from stuff and connect with the kingdom of God this week and see what he does. And come back and talk about it. You know, talk to me. I'd like my ear talked off by all of y'all. Of, uh, it was uh, whatever experience. And you can share the, yeah, that first hour was really weird how I suddenly felt hungry when I never am. You know, anyway, whatever happens. <clears throat>